You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast, a virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco and Mark Nortz here with you. And we're joined now by our new interim president of Winthrop University, Dr. George Hine. Dr. Hine, thank you so much for being with us today. I am absolutely delighted to be with you on this day. It's a, it's a wonderful day. Uh, I know we're going to have a good conversation, and I hope a lot of people are listening to uh, Eagle Radio. So I really want to take this opportunity to allow you to you know, introduce yourself a little bit to our community because you really haven't gotten that chance as the campus has been shut down right at about the time you were just getting started in your new position. Um, you know, Tell us a little bit about how you've come to Winthrop because I know I've heard you talk about how you kind of had the school, you know, your eye on Winthrop and was thinking about it as a place you'd like to be for some time now. Absolutely. And I appreciate the question. And you're, you are precisely right. Um, I've had kind of my eye on Winthrop for many years. In fact, way, way back, it seems like now, uh, in 2012, I applied uh, for the president's position. At that point in time, I was the provost and executive vice president for academic affairs at the College of Charleston. And I was uh, aware of what uh, President Giorgio was doing at the university, was very excited about it. I knew he was retiring and uh, was kind of moving into that new phase of his life. I applied for the president's position, interviewed, and then circumstances um, kind of intervened. My, uh, we had two daughters that were in high school, and uh, most most relevant, uh, my wife's father was uh, having some serious health problems and eventually passed away. So I actually pulled out of the search at that point in time. But uh, since that point of time, I went on to become uh, president at a university in Michigan, and then I worked as uh, in a couple of administrative jobs in Tennessee. Uh, and then when this opportunity came up, I thought, well, I know a lot about Winthrop. I have a passion for its mission as a liberal arts uh, and teaching institution, a comprehensive institution. And I um, was, um, what's the right way to put it? I think the timing was just right because I had quite literally retired uh, for a few months. And then this seemed like a terrific opportunity to come and contribute to Winthrop. Little did I know um, that within the first couple of weeks, uh, we would be sending, uh, closing down the residence halls, sending all of our students home and asking our faculty uh, to teach remotely. Uh, that came as a bit of shock, I think, to everybody, but it was certainly necessary for the safety of everybody. Nonetheless, I feel very invested in the history and the wonderful eagle spirit that I have encountered um, during these, basically, these eight weeks on the job. Uh, yeah, you said, like, you know, you've only been here for eight weeks, and um, one of the things that people always tell us is when they walk onto the campus, um, you know, how that just grabs them, and, and it just, it's very inviting, and it feels like home. Um, seeing we're doing this virtually, and normally we would, you know, we would meet people one-on-one -on -one, uh, during Winthrop Day. What would you tell a, a prospective student and, and, uh, and their parents, too, you know, what makes Winthrop the place to be? Winthrop is really an outstanding institution. Certainly, it's been in existence since the uh, uh, 18, uh, what was it, 18, 1886. And since that point in time, it's had a number of evolutions. It started off really as a, a, a university, a college for uh, preparing teachers. Uh, it was a woman's institution, became kind of an industrial uh, institution. And now, of course, we're a comprehensive university that has the full array of 
liberal arts and sciences coursework where, in fact, I would say some of our greatest points of pride are in the very fact that we offer a comprehensive liberal arts curriculum. So you can major in everything from biology and, and sciences all the way to the visual and the performing arts. In fact, our teacher education program, our College of Business has pre-professional and professional uh, programs that they offer, uh, really kind of complete an array of academic programs that really will allow, expose your student, if you're a parent, uh, to kind of the whole array of different disciplines. Most importantly, all of those programs and all of our faculty are committed to encouraging students to find their passion. And by way of finding their passion, we want them to find a discipline, a major that excites them, that they can get involved in, that wants them to come back to school for more. And of course, through the experiences we provide, we'll help them chart the way to a postgraduate career. We're so excited about how well our alumni do. We follow them, uh, we bring them back to campus, we tell their stories. We are a student-centered institution. This is a safe place to send your, uh, your students and for the students that might be listening. This is an institution where you can walk around, feel safe, feel valued, and no matter what your disposition, we want to make sure you are successful during your time here at Winthrop University. It really has that feel of a family. And when you come here as a student and as a parent, when you send your students here, you are really becoming part of our family. We look after you, we, we cheer you on, and we relish the success that you'll have as a student here. I, I know, Dr. Hine, you have a background as a faculty member as well. Tell us about some of the courses you've taught in the past and if you might consider teaching while you're at Winthrop. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that question. Yes, <laughs> I had a... Um, uh, I was a distinguished research professor at the University of Georgia for 24 years, and um, my area, my discipline is certainly psychology, but my subspecialty is uh, child neuropsychology. Uh, I was very much interested in, and it comes from teaching elementary school. I need to point this out. Uh, by teaching elementary school, I realized in the very early parts of my career that there's some students that just have a very severe challenge in trying to learn to read and then control their behaviors. And basically at the University of Georgia, my passion, my research uh, program, which was funded by the National Institutes of Health, um, was to look at the uh, developmental precursors uh, to severe learning disabilities, in particular severe reading disabilities, but also severe mathematical disabilities. And the associated developmental and psychiatric challenges that some young children have. Uh, we did brain imaging studies and we interviewed parents. I ran an active clinic at the University of Georgia for, for many, many years. And the courses I taught uh, were in the area of child neuropsychology. So uh, I taught uh, how to go about assessing children, uh, how to understand different developmental trajectories. And I was very much interested in how early precursors, including prenatal precursors um, to these kind of challenges that students have uh, might manifest themselves. We did a lot of brain imaging research as well. So I had a very active academic career. Who knows, I might be talked into teaching uh, maybe a seminar and presenting some of that research and trying to excite students about uh, the opportunities they have in the clinical disciplines, the clinical neurosciences, perhaps. Um, you mentioned that um, 
you were really only on campus just a short period of time before you had to send the students home and and everything. How did that come about? I mean, um, what what went into that? I mean, here it is. You, you you walk on campus. You you got your stuff in your office, and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, by the way, you got a plan on on what we need to do here now. Uh, what what was that like? Well, totally unexpected. I think, uh, as as everybody would suspect, uh, as I think everybody knows, uh, President Mahoney left at the end of February for his new position in Illinois. Um, I came on board. Uh, my first day at work was March second, and really by the end of that week, we were among the leadership team, which would be all the vice presidents, the provost, the CFO. Um, we were already then talking about this coronavirus and the impact it might have. And really within a matter of a a week after that, uh, we were actively considering, do we need to send students home and go virtual in our instruction? It all happened so quickly that um, I did have a good opportunity to kind of walk around the campus. I got a wonderful tour of the campus itself. And um, uh, I guess uh, that tour was really quite exceptional. Both Alice and my wife and I uh, enjoyed it immensely. We found out about some of the ghosts that live in Tillman Hall. Um, so we were very excited about being on campus. But seriously, within two weeks, uh, we were already uh, getting word from the governor's office that we we might be sending people home to work remotely. I will tell you, uh, having been a vice president and a provost before and then president of another university, uh, those experiences helped a great deal as we began to consider the path forward. It was very evident that we needed to make some uh, preemptive decisions and we needed to work with the board of trustees and bring them along to support those decisions because events were unfolding so quickly. Um, but we have a wonderful leadership team. Uh, our board chair and vice chair and our entire board of trustees have been completely supportive. And um, uh, it's an exciting time to be at Winthrop because we are looking forward to the day where everybody can be on campus and personally experience and participate in that Eagle spirit. How would you say, um, if you had to assess where we are right now, how would you say faculty and staff um, have handled the situation? I think the faculty and staff have really risen to the occasion. Uh, I mean, I I think it's safe to say that many of our faculty and many of our staff had never worked remotely uh, and probably never really had entertained seriously uh, that opportunity. And all of a sudden, within a week, uh, maybe two weeks, uh, three weeks at the most, um, 80% of our faculty and staff uh, basically had to vacate the, the college campus. And having said that, uh, they have performed admirably. And I will tell you that we are going to continue to work with them as we're in this online environment. And we may, may be making some decisions about next year uh, here in the next few months. Uh, but having said that, we are offering continuing professional development opportunities for our faculty uh, to continue to work on their online uh, instruction and their capabilities of using the Internet as an instruction medium. And we also want to make sure that we reach out to our staff and provide them the support necessary for them to continue to work online uh, insofar as necessary. Uh, I have been extremely impressed with the quality of the faculty, the staff, our leadership teams, our deans, everybody has really risen to the occasion and they have addressed problems and challenges head on. We have not had a lot of hand wringing. We have made decisions 
immediately uh, as we have as we have had, frankly, uh, we've needed to in the last couple of weeks, last couple of three weeks. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joe Casco and Mark Nortz here with you, and we're speaking with Dr. George Hind, our new interim president at Winthrop University. Dr. Hind, let's talk about the timeline moving forward. Um, what might that look like? When will you make a decision about what might happen in the fall? And I know it's so terribly difficult to predict, but do you have a a gut feeling or if you could, you know, put the odds on what you think the fall might look like? Well, uh, let me pull out my crystal ball here, which uh, <laughs> seem to seem to have misplaced it, I will tell you. Um, I think we're all trying to read the tea leaves for using another metaphor, I suppose, um, as to number one, when we will come back on campus, what that will look like, and maybe most relevant as we have so many accepted students that are going to be virtually listening tomorrow and are going to be in potentially daily contract with our um, admissions and financial aids people. Um, it is my best guess, and again, this is kind of reading the tea leaves, that we will probably sometime in the month of May, we may do um, some stepwise, um, some making some steps, I guess, forward in having some staff and some faculty return to campus. Uh, we need to be very careful about that and listen to certainly the um, proclamations of the governor, but also uh, what we're learning from the public health officials. So my guess is sometime in mid-May, uh, perhaps staff and some faculty may be coming back on campus if in fact it is deemed to be safe um, because we really don't want faculty and staff or students for that matter to congregate in groups of more than three people. Uh, and we want them to maintain social distance and so on. Uh, we have already made the decision to go online for our first two summer sessions primarily. And then probably, again, this is reading the tea leaves here, sometime in late May, maybe mid-June, uh, maybe even as late as uh, in July, uh, we will be making a decision as to uh, whether or not we need to maintain the online format, uh, both for our working staff and for our instruction uh, for the fall semester. Uh, we're actively considering those options. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that decision-making process. Uh, we're keeping our board chair and vice chair apprised of our conversations and certainly uh, keeping our board uh, members uh, informed as well. Do you, do you envision there might be a scenario where you might start the fall semester at distance and then maybe return to campus mid-semester? Is that an option you might be looking at? It could be an option. What we are hearing from the epidemiologists and the public health officials is that there's um, there's certainly, because of the slow opening that some of our states are doing, uh, South Carolina and Georgia most manifestly, um, there could be a second wave to this. But the epidemiologists are also suggesting that sometime uh, in the fall, there could be a third and very serious wave of this coronavirus. Um, and if that's the case, I would think that um, we would want to avoid admitting students to into our residence halls, teaching directly, and then sending everybody home again. So I think we're probably going to need to make a, a decision uh, as to whether it's uh, going to be all online or uh, in person for the fall. But that is certainly an option to keep in mind. Certainly one question a lot of people have 
you know, as the economy takes uh, a huge hit from all of the, the people having to stay at home and, and businesses being closed, I know the university has said that they're anticipating the financial impact of this could be between five, seven million dollars. What can you tell us about how Winthrop will be affected and impacted financially as a result of the pandemic? Well, that's a that's a wonderful question, and I will tell you just this morning, um, the CFO and I and uh, the uh, chair and vice chair of the board of trustees uh, had a uh, a conversation virtually, of course, uh, about the budget going forward, and um, certainly the kind of expenses that we are incurring. Uh, we estimate somewhere between, as you pointed out, between five to seven million dollars uh, loss because of the um, uh, need to go online. And some of that's related to the re, uh, refunds on housing and dining. Um, and also because we've had to invest very substantially uh, in computer hardware and software uh, to handle the online work. Uh, in addition, we're having to uh, contract for um, a company to come in and sanitize or uh, our rooms uh, so, so that make sure that our offices and classrooms uh, are safe uh, should we return to uh, in-person instruction. So yes, it's been very expensive. Uh, we are uh, recipients of approximately uh, $5.6 million uh, in CARES Act funding. Uh, the listeners may have heard about that. Half of that money is to be uh, distributed directly to the students. Uh, basically, Winthrop is a pass-through, and we, are, uh, in the pro we have applied for those funds, and we are in the process of determining how we might distribute those funds uh, to the students. The other half of the uh, $5.6 million that we're going to receive, uh, we can use uh, to address our infrastructure issues and address ways, expenses that we've had to incur because of the virus. Um, we will still, um, we will still lose money uh, moving forward. Uh, we are hopeful that our students will return uh, this fall as they have every year since uh, 1886. Um, and by way of saying that, we are moving forward with the budget that we think will accommodate uh, the needs of our students and keep them and the faculty and staff safe. One of the other things that we've been uh, hearing a lot about um, from students, are, there's some concerns and everything about, you know, this was my last year, I worked really hard. What about um, commencement? What's going to happen with that? Yes, as you know, uh, we have postponed commencement. Uh, needless to say, the students are still going to graduate. So uh, those students that are seniors this year and, and are anticipating graduation, they will still graduate. Uh, we're in the process now of um, uh, drafting our letters to the students that will accompany the diplomas. So we will be mailing those out to students. But we're also in the process of um, kind of canvassing our options for how we might reconvene some sort of a commencement ceremony. Uh, I think at this point in time, uh, we have uh, ruled out some kind of a virtual commencement, but that could come back as a possibility. Uh, I know some institutions, mm -hmm. and this is certainly something under our consideration, is if, the, um, if it is safe uh, we could consider having a commencement ceremony of some kind, uh, perhaps in August. So we'll know more about this as we move forward. Dr. Hine, if we transition here a little bit, one thing we've been talking to people about is their musical tastes, as we are a music station here at Eagle Air, and, <coughs> and, and certainly people have been escaping 
and distracting themselves with music. Make a recommendation of what we might hear if we got into the car with you this afternoon. What would be in the in the CD or MP3 player when we got in? What what might you recommend for your pandemic playlist for us this morning? Well, I, and I appreciate the, the, the question, and, and I know that the uh, president at the College of Charleston has put out his preferred playlist. Uh, I have toyed with that idea, but I'm not sure how well it would be received. Um, when I take a walk uh, outside to get a little bit of vitamin D and sunshine, uh, I tend to listen to, and I'm dating myself here, I hope you realize, music from the 1960s and 70s. Uh, my favorite artist at the moment that I listen to, in addition to an occasional tour down the road of opera, I do like Pavarotti and some of the operatic um, performances that he did. Having said that, I like uh, Eric Burton and the Animals. Um, always loved hearing Grace Slick and the Jefferson Airplane. And sometimes I even um, listen to, yes, Elvis Presley and Ricky Nelson. Nice. And... Um, I will say I was in a rock and roll band in high school. Uh, we cut a record. Uh, it was I played bass, um, and I decided in my retirement I would take up the guitar. And I'm not there to the point of taking up a six-string guitar and being able to perform. But I definitely enjoyed playing bass in a rock and roll band during the 1960s in Southern California. Dr. Hine, I want to tell you a story. I was at an Elvis Presley con concert <laughs> in January of 1977. It oh was it was in the womb, but I was there. I was about uh, 30 weeks along, I think, 31 weeks along, perhaps. And I've been a big Elvis fan ever since. What's your favorite Elvis song? Oh my God! There, are, I mean. I liked it when in the early part of his careers when he had more of a bluesy, uh, bluesy, uh, blue suede shoes kind of look to him. And not so much about his later, uh, later years. Uh, I, I have to say the first one I remember, I'm not saying it's my favorite, is You're Nothing But a Hound Dog. I, I, he was, I was pretty young when that came out. But boy, that really seemed to uh, uh, it painted the moon as far as I was concerned at that point in time. Uh, a lot of people, when we ask them, how did we pick just one song? But, uh, you know, I, you got a favorite, Mark? I, Love Me Tender, uh, Sus uh, <laughs> Suspicious Minds are always my some of my favorites. What about you? Oh, Suspicious I, I Minds, yes. Suspicious Minds. Suspicious Minds, is, it, yeah, it's a great I, song. I like his I version like of, of Blue Suede Shoes, though. Yeah, I think he was at his, in my view, he was at the peak of his beginning career then. And uh, that was that was absolutely fine. I will tell you, I do listen to uh, a number of other artists. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, I like Cream. I like Eric Clapton. Um, and there's a, there's a number of other artists I like. Anything that has a blues twist to it, I really enjoy because that's basic. We started playing surf music in high school, and then we migrated into uh, kind of blues and and hard rock. So um, so that's kind of my span of expertise. Yeah. What was the name of your band? Well, there were six of us, so naturally we were called the Six Pack. <laughs> nice. That's nice. I like. That. And, and what was the name of the song that you recorded? Well, well, we it was an instrumental called Goofy. And um, uh, it was uh, actually, it got played and it played pretty well in Southern California, but it was basically surf music. So if we went on uh, YouTube or Google, would we find it? I don't think so, but it is a hit, <laughs> but it is a hit among the, the people who collect garage band uh, records. 
Well, we we did notice that you had a guitar in the background in some of your video messages that you shared ah. with the campus. So, uh, since we know you said you're you're trying to pick it back up, we'll we'll have to ask you to play a few bars for us the next time we speak to you. So uh, <laughs> now, I'm so you better okay. you better use this time to practice. To stop crunching yeah, the numbers for a while and and uh, practice a little bit. But uh, uh, that sounds like a plan. Dr. Hine, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your taking the time, and I want to say to all a welcome, a big welcome and shout out to all the students and parents that are listening. That was Dr. George Hine, interim president of Winthrop University. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I. Elvis Presley with Suspicious Minds here on WINR Eagle Air. It's Virtual Winthrop Day. I'm Joe Casco alongside Mark Nortz. 
And we're trying to bring you the best Winthrop experience we can via our streaming radio station since we can't all be together on campus. So this is the next best thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when we talked about this, uh, what was it, over a week ago, um, Joe just said, you know, that might be a good idea. And then he was like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, ah, I think we got something here. And the next thing we know, we're talking to admissions and we're doing a Google Hangout with admissions and they're loving it. And, and they've got ideas and they start sending us names and we start co- contacting people. And the next thing we know, we've got this huge list of people that can't wait to tell their Winthrop story, which all of a sudden we were like, yeah, this was definitely the right thing to do. It was definitely the right thing to do. Um, and it's so cool to hear the stories, you know, why people come back to Winthrop, how they keep coming back to Winthrop, why they keep telling people that they got to go to Winthrop. I, I think it's just awesome. I really do. And if you want to find out more, just check out our website. That's winthrop.edu. We do have admissions people working remotely that you can get in touch with. You can give them a call today, 803-323-2191. You can email them, admissions at winthrop.edu. We're still accepting applications through spring 2021. Winthrop Winthrop is test optional, so you don't have to take, have an SAT or ACT score. So it's a little relaxed to make things easier for you because of these challenging times that we're in. And so there's um, a number of events that will be coming up in the next few weeks. There will be a virtual open house. There's live campus tours uh, that students will take other students on. Um, You can uh, think about maybe attending a virtual roommate mixer, which is coming up April 30th. Yeah, I think that sounds really interesting. I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. You know, when I was just going off to college, I got a list from the school that I went to, and you basically were responsible for if you wanted to find a roommate, you found it on your own because I I went to Holy Cross College before I got into Notre Dame, and at the time, they didn't have dorms, so they had this list that they sent you to find a roommate, and I just started perusing the list, and you could see where kids were from, and I talked to my roommate on the phone like two times, and we're like, okay, this will work. That was basically how it worked out, and here comes virtual, virtual remote learning, and yeah. it comes back. I know. I'm dating myself. See, I didn't even have that option. When I went to school, I would never forget, um, you know, I applied, I got accepted, um, sent in my check, and I get a letter in the mail, and it says, here's your roommates. And that was it. There was no phone call. I didn't even meet them until the day we moved in. Um, which was pretty exciting. But at the same time, I, what, what they did was um, they grouped us by major. So you were, you were living with somebody who had the same major as you did, which was kind of neat. Um, and, and actually, those people became friends of mine all those years ago, and we're still friends. We still keep in contact. It's funny how the relationships that you build at this time in your life during college oftentimes are some of the strongest. And we heard from so many of our alumni who have said, hey, I graduated 20 years ago, and some of my closest friends are still people that I went to Winthrop with. Oh, right, right. Well, and two, I I always tell students, um, you know, high school, it's a different time for you. You're there because you actually have to be there. But at Winthrop, you're here because you choose. And you're there with all these other students that basically are there for the same reason. So you're going to run into all these other people that like the same things you do. 
which I loved. I thought that was incredible. And that's how you build these bonds. You really do. You have a lot in common, and, and not only do you have in common your major, but you have Winthrop in common. It's Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco, Mark North with you here today. And we're going to hear from a student coming up here in the next few minutes. We're going to hear from one of our MassCom majors. It's Anna Sharp. She's the editor of the Johnsonian Student Newspaper. And she just told us how much she loves Winthrop. So she's going to be telling us that here in a few minutes. We'll get her on the phone. But uh, you can send us your song request via Facebook. You can send us a direct message to uh, at WU Eagle Air. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can tweet us with the hashtag pandemic playlist. And we've heard from lots of folks today. And so let us know what, what kind of music you're listening to to pass the time. And virtual Winthrop Day rolls on here on Eagle Air Live. Broadcast is going out. I don't know who's even listening to me. W-I-N-R, Eagle Air. Are you listening? You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco, Mark Nortz here with you today. And we're joined now by Anna Sharp. She's a junior at Winthrop, and she's the editor-in-chief of the student newspaper, The Johnsonian. Anna, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So first, just tell us about how you ended up at Winthrop. What made you decide to come to Winthrop? I basically picked Winthrop when I was in the eighth grade, and I just stuck with it. Something about the campus really spoke to me, and I really like how it's a smaller class size. So that was really helpful to me. My high school was really big and I knew that wasn't something that I wanted in a college. So when I got to Winthrop and I saw that I had like 15 people in my classes, where in high school I had like 30 people in my classes, it was really great. And I don't know, it's just something about being a part of a family is really enticing to me. And Winthrop has always made that a priority, making sure that you're welcome and that you feel like you're part of a family, and there's a really strong sense of community at Winthrop that I really appreciate and enjoy. You know, this is for virtual Winthrop Day, and of course, if we weren't in the middle of a lockdown and a pandemic, you know, certainly we'd have a lot of prospective students on campus visiting classrooms and seeing mock lectures and and things like that. If you would, take us back to when you visited Winthrop for the first time um, you know, it sounds like you decided pretty early, but, you know, what was it when you when you got to campus? What was it that stood out to you that that maybe students now listening might be looking for, thinking about as they decide whether or not they want to come to school here? I first visited Winthrop when I was a junior in high school, and I went for a preview day. I was actually one of the youngest people there because most of them were seniors, but um I remember going into the West Center and having all of the like tour guides um, and students who would be showing you around. They were all like lined up outside of the West Center, and as every person walked in, they like applauded and welcomed you there. And to me, that was really exciting, and it just made me feel so welcome. And then when I got into the West Center and started looking around, I looked at all of the activities and organizations that were there and 
I saw that there were so many options. And specifically, I went to student publications because that's something that I've been interested in for a long time. And everyone was so nice and answered all my questions that I had. All the professors that were there were super welcoming and very nice. And um, they seemed to be interested in me. It wasn't like I was just, you know, some kid that's going to sit in your lecture or whatever and never talk to you, but they wanted to get to know me and my family and what my goals were for college and life. And it was just a really great experience for me to be welcomed like that. So you said you um, you came to Winthrop and you immediately gravitated towards um, student publications. Um, we're just uh, looking at the the Johnsonian website, you know, the mytjnow.com, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, there's your smiling face looking back at us. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience uh, working with the Johnsonian and being the, um, the editor-in-chief? The Johnsonian has been the highlight of my Winthrop career. I love it so much. I've made all my friends through the Johnsonian. I've met so many people. I came on my first semester as the assistant news editor, which was kind of strange for me because I had this position of leadership without ever having been a student there before. So that was definitely um, unique, and I had never done anything like that before. I mean, I worked for my high school paper, but this was completely different. Um, so from there, that semester, I wrote a lot of stories about all the cultural events that were happening. I actually got all my cultural event credit my first semester because I was going to all these events and meeting people and covering them and featuring them in the paper. And then we had a bit of a switch in positions, so I became the news editor my second semester as a freshman, and from there I got to cover political rallies. Um, Beto O'Rourke came to Rock Hill and I got to cover him and I got to go to his um, rally thing. <laughs> um, and that was really cool to go as a journalist because you see all the like local news stations and you identify with them. It's like, oh, I'm here doing the same thing. That was really cool for me. Um, and then the opportunity came for me to apply as editor-in-chief, and it was really daunting. It was I didn't think that I would be able to do it as a sophomore. I didn't really meet a lot of the requirements, but because of my um, experience with the paper my freshman year, I was really involved in it. Um, I was able to become editor-in-chief, and from there, my experience in journalism has just taken off. I've been able to cover so many stories. Um, I've been focusing mainly on Winthrop and things that are happening within the school, but um, that doesn't mean that they're not important. Winthrop's very cool, very important. And I um, have won a lot of awards. I don't want to seem like I'm bragging or anything, but the opportunities that Winthrop has given me and the Johnsonian has given me have allowed me to um, become South Carolina's Journalist of the Year for colleges, and that's something that I never would have imagined. And because Winthrop is so tight-knit, there's so many opportunities for leadership that will allow you to go on to make a name for yourself. And it's just, it's incredible. I love the Johnsonian. Um, I love all the student publications that we have. I highly recommend it. Um, and if you're even interested in writing a little bit, like, you know, come check us out. It's really fun. Um, you meet so many people and 
not just students, but professors, and you get to go into different departments and talk to people, and you really find out what's going on at Winthrop. You're kind of keeping your ear to the ground. Very fun. If we were actually, you know, having the actual Winthrop Day, and there was a lot of, um, you know, potential students that were were coming into the building, and and you were going to get to talk to them, what is like the the main thing you would tell them about the mass communication department and and your experience there? I think I would really focus on the fact that there are so many opportunities within the mass comm department alone for you to get involved and really practice what you will be doing in your career field. There's so many practicums and like internship opportunities that you can do. And I think personally my favorite class has been the um, multimedia storytelling because you get to do so many different projects. Like You get to make a podcast, you get to um, make videos and use cameras. So from really early on in your time going through the mass comm, track, you get your hands-on experiences, and you can almost immediately like, get your hands on a camera and go out and start interviewing people, because even though it's a class, it, it and it is classwork, it just feels like you are basically writing for like a mini newspaper, a mini um, news station. It's really, you get to be involved and practice everything before I think earlier than you would if you went to like USC or something. Um, I think you're not just being lectured at, and because classes are so small, you get to interact with your professors really on a one-on-one level. I've popped in so many professors' um, offices and just you know said hi and asked a couple questions, and they know who I am, and I can interact with them um, on a personal level, and you get to make those connections and learn lots of useful skills earlier than I think you would be able to at um, another school. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco and Mark Nortz here, and we're speaking with Anna Sharp. She's a junior mass communication major at Winthrop. She's also the editor-in-chief of the student newspaper, The Johnsonian. Anna, you stole my thunder a few moments ago. I was going to spend a really long time bragging about all of the awards you've won. You're our top junior in the mass communication department, um, you mentioned it briefly, but we really should say how big of a deal it is. You were named the Student Journalist of the Year from the South Carolina Press Association. And this is pretty rare for any student at any university to be named with this honor. And so, you know, you really are doing outstanding work for us, and you're really one of our one of our stars. And, you know, just to brag on you a little bit more, this is from um, a, a tweet from the mass comm department of, of something that one of your professors said about you when you were named top junior. She's an excellent student writer and leader who has strong news judgment. She is truly one of the best student journalists, not only in the mass communication department, but also in the state. My question is simple. When you found out about being named student journalist of the year, or when you hear something like that written about you, what's been your reaction? Well, when I found out I was Journalist of the Year, I cried. And I don't cry often at news like that. Like, good news doesn't really make me cry, but that was just so incredible. I never, ever thought that that would be something that I would achieve. Um, and it's it's so incredible, and it's 
it's really reassuring because personally, I have a lot of doubt in my abilities. Um, imposter syndrome is very real, and I am always second guessing myself. And it's been a kind of tough year for the Johnsonian, just covering the stuff. And there were a couple issues that um, really took a lot of my time. So being able to win that award and uh, receive that honor was just very reassuring for me that I'm in the right field, that I'm doing the right thing, and that, you know, I'm good at what I do, so I don't really need to question myself all that much. Um, and hearing those kind words from uh, my professor, it was just, again, reassuring. And it was really, um, I'm just so honored by it that so soon in my career at Winthrop and my time at Winthrop that um, my professors think highly of me and that I've kind of made a name for myself in the department. Um, and it's just, I'm just so honored. Let's get to the important stuff. I mean, the stuff that a student listening right now would really want to know. What's the social scene like at Winthrop? I mean, what kind of opportunities are there to, to get involved, meet people? What are the fun things that happen at Winthrop? That's a good question because I was not a very active freshman. Um, I was honestly a little intimidated, but thinking thinking back and seeing where I'm at now, like that's absolutely ridiculous. There's really nothing to be scared of. There's so many opportunities. Um, DSU um, puts on a lot of social events. I think every Thursday in Diggs they have something going on. They have bingo. Um, like game nights, stuff like that. Those are always really fun. Um, honestly, I think my favorite thing to do is just kind of sit in digs, the student center, and just um, like talk to people. And everyone is so nice. Um, I think that's something that stood out to me is that you can be walking down Scholars Walk and someone that you've never met before um, we'll say hi to you, and you guys can have a little conversation. And it'll be like, hey, how are you? Um, and it's really great. You just make a lot of connections very quickly because everyone's so welcoming. And I think um, the school really pushes that, um, and they do a good job of making sure that um, everyone's comfortable and it's a safe setting to get to know people. Um, and I love the cultural events. Um, I know some people think that it's a bit tedious that we have to go to um, 18, but they're also fun. Like, they're not just boring lectures. They're interactive. They have um, like concerts and stuff like that that you can go to. Um, Welcome Week is honestly my favorite week on campus. There's so much going on, and it's just a great place. Everyone's very welcoming, and you can make friends very quickly, especially in residence halls. If you just leave your door open, um, for a little bit, especially that first month or so, someone will walk by and you can make a friend right, right on your hall. Well, speaking of a, a social life, you probably don't have much of one right now, seeing that, um, we have the whole pandemic going on and everything. And what we've been doing is we've been talking to people and finding out, um, is there any music that they're listening to that, um, that's getting them through this tough time? Um, so we've been calling it the pandemic playlist. So Anna, do you have a pandemic playlist? I have been listening to a lot of the music that I was listening to in high school. Um, and my favorite artist of all time is Jack White and White Stripes and all of his little um, other bands. 
So I've just been listening to him like on repeat, and it's such good music. It can be kind of moody. It can be kind of um, exciting. So that's just really what's been getting me through it. So with in, in no particular order, your top three Jack White slash White Stripes songs. Okay, so my number one song by the White Stripes is called Hello Operator. So good. Um, I, I love that song so much. Um, I guess two would be um, Ice Station Zebra. It's very experimental. It's very fun. And I think my third is Bored and Raised by the Raconteurs, which is um, another band that he's involved in. So kind of those are my top three. Anna, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. That was Anna Sharp. She's a junior mass communication major here at Winthrop. She's also the editor-in-chief of the Johnsonian student newspaper and was recently this year named the South Carolina Press Association Student Journalist of the Year. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. White Stripes with Hello Operator here on WINR Eagle Air. It's virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Kansko, Mark Nortz with you here today. And we hope you will take the time to maybe go to our website if you're thinking about uh, 
looking into Winthrop, maybe send in an application. If you've already applied and been admitted, maybe think about coming here. You can take a virtual tour. It's winthrop.edu. You connect, can connect with Mark and I via the Eagle Air social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's at WU Eagle Air. So we've been hearing from people all over listening all over across the the country, really. Yeah. We just heard from Dr. Nicole Lynch-Smith, an audiologist listening from Florida. She says she really wants to hear Vanilla Ice. So we're going to oblige her. We'll she, says it's vanilla on her ice. she says it's on her pandemic playlist. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we were wondering, it's getting close to lunchtime, um, if anybody would want to send us a pandemic pizza. <laughs> pizza you know, would be good. Or uh, maybe um, pandemic... Um, Papaya spears. I don't know. No, I was just getting into alliteration there. <laughs> but um, the previous um, person we talked to, Anna Sharp, uh, she had a lot of good things to say um, to um, incoming students about uh, Winthrop and, and getting involved with everything on campus. And that's one thing um, we, we tell our students when they come in for advising. Um, yes, that is one thing we, we do offer here is um, – you do get a, your own advisor that's somebody in your department so that you get to know this, this person uh, over the next four years. And what I always tell my students is it's not good enough just to wake up, get some breakfast, go to class, maybe go to another class, go to lunch, go to another class, go to dinner, and then go back to your room and study. You really need to um, partake in what other things Winthrop has to offer. And that's what Anna said. She she said how it's very important that you get out there and you put yourself out there and, and you meet new people and you join an organization or two. And I always tell students there's over a hundred organizations on campus. There's got to be one that you want to belong to, and you'll make more friends that way too. And and the beauty of it is, and this happens a lot, students they can't find an organization they like, so they start their own. Um, and I think probably one of the coolest ones was the animation club or the anime club. Uh, some of the stuff they do, it's hysterical, and they have a great time. You'll see them around are campus. You, are you talking about the cosplay club? Cosplay, too, cosplay, yeah. because there's, there's that a, one. There's an anime club, yeah. Okay. But cosplay, too, yeah. And the costumes are, are pretty elaborate. Yeah, there's like more than 200 student groups on campus, yeah. I think. And, and we've only got a population of... Just over 5,000 undergrads, right, around right. six with our graduate students. Yeah, and speaking of student groups, Eagle Air. Absolutely. You've got, we got, we got to do a shameless plug here. Um, Eagle Air is the, uh, the campus radio station, and it's housed in the mass com communication department. And the beauty of it is you can get involved in it from day one. Um, we've got um, a, a good staff. They're seasoned. Um, they understand how to run the equipment. They understand how to produce shows and they will walk you through it. They're not just going to come in and go, Oh, here's the switch. You turn this on and away you go. No, they're going to explain to you the different formats that we have. Do you want to do a talk show? Do you want to do a sports show? Do you want to do a music show? And uh, we encourage students to get involved. It's the same thing with the, with the other um, media outlets we have on campus. Like you said earlier, the Johnsonian, which is the weekly newspaper, the Roddy McMillan Record, which is our multicultural paper that comes out monthly, and the Anthology, which is our, our yearly publication for um, the more creative side. If you want to get your poetry in or your, your drawings or your artwork, that sort of thing. So, yeah, Eagle Air, it's a great place to start. Yeah, if you just go to winthrop.edu and search for Eagle Air, uh, the second uh, hit that comes up is the link to the Department of Mass Communication and the information about student media opportunities. 
But uh, certainly there are many of them. The Johnsonian Student Newspaper, you can find them at mytjnow.com. The RMR, the Roddy McMillan Record, is also available. Uh, students of my class, we maintain a website called Palmetto Report. That's at palmettoreport.com where you can find a number of stories. So there's lots of ways to get involved and, uh, you know, cover stories. But also if you just want to stay in touch with things happening at Winthrop, there's lots. Of, some of the student media is the best way to find out about stories happening on campus. Yeah, and wh- one of the things Anna mentioned while she was talking was how she got all her cultural event credits taken care of her first semester. Um, one of the things required at Winthrop is that students attend 18 cultural events over the course of their academic career at Winthrop. And a cultural event can be a piano recital. It can be a dance recital. It can be one of the musicals that the music department puts on. Um, Political science definitely has a lot of guest speakers and lectures. Um, There's just a lot of stuff going on over in the the College of Visual and Performing Arts that you can get cultural event credit for. Uh, There's just a lot of stuff. And again, it's one more way that you can get out in the campus community and meet people. That's winthrop.edu. You can take a virtual tour today and get connected with the folks in admissions. You're listening to WINR Eagle Air. We're going to play a little bit of music here for you. We've got this request for the pandemic playlist for Dr. Nicole Lynch-Smith listening down in Florida. So let us know where you're from. Hashtag Eagle Air Live, hashtag pandemic playlist, or just send us a direct message via Facebook. And then in the next hour, we're going to do a little media hour with the folks that we're going to talk to. Um, In the first half hour, we're going to speak with um, Chad Steele, Vice President of Communications for the Baltimore Ravens. And in the second half of the hour, we're going to speak with Brandon Taylor, a news anchor down at WLTX Television in Columbia. So a lot of good information coming up as virtual Winthrop Day rolls on. Joe Casco, Mark Nortz here with you. And uh, I think this is this kind of takes you back here, doesn't it? This uh, this song. Oh, it takes me way back. Back to the nineties. Yeah, it's like in, a time machine. Today back in the flat the top. Yo, VIP. I rock a mic like a vandal Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle Dance, caress a speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom Deadly, when I play a dope melody Anything less than the best is a felony Love it or leave it, you better gain weight You better hit bulls out of kid, don't play If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it Quick and nimble, I go crazy when I hear a symbol and a hi hat. 
with a souped up tempo. I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo. Rolling, hit my 5.0, put my rag top down so my hair can blow. The girl is on standby, waiting just to say hi. Did you stop? No, I just drove, I kept on. Pursuing to the next stop, I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block. The block was dead, yo, so I continue to A1A. Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis. Rock men love us, driving Lamborghinis. Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine. Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine. Ready for the chumps on the wall. The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shell. Falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed. I'm trying to get away before the jack is a jack. Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all, I don't mean If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook when my DJ revolves it Hook while DJ revolves it. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother.